Hello and welcome. Hopefully everyone can hear me. I am live. We're running into a bit of technical problem today with Blog Talk Radio. For those of you that are in the chat, if you can hear the sound of my voice, can you give me a thumbs up or a yes, we can hear you? So I don't feel like I'm talking into the void. Uh, if anyone is in the, in the chat, okay, great. Papa Newt says I can hear you. Yeah, we're running into a little bit of a technical problem with Blogspot today, but we are live. Oh, so welcome, one and all. I'm so glad to see uh, everyone here. Papa Newt is joining us. The wonderful uh, Madam Nadia is here. As you can tell from the sound of my voice, I am not Miss Cat. Miss Cat is away this weekend, and the one week she's away, we run into some tech problems. But that is the beauty of live radio, and we will make do and survive as is. We are joined by the wonderful, wonderful Madam Nadia, who is going to be our guest co-host. She is the inimitable enchantress over at AIR, uh, a fan favorite who has regularly joined us with great topics and has also been a guest co-host. So we're very excited to have her. We are also uh, have a wonderful guest today. Uh, Sister Lady is going to be joining us uh, with a very interesting topic. I'm going to try to make her live in just a little bit. Um, but first, uh, some updates uh, on my end. Uh, summer is in full swing here, and uh, the heat is definitely ring, you know, moving on up. We are now, I think, in 90-degree weather over here. Uh, it's been certainly uh, crazy. Uh, next week when Kat's here, actually, I'm going to give you guys an update based off of the astrology uh, episode that we did uh, with William Stickover. So we're next week, tune in for some updates about that astrology topic. Other than that, we are... Um, we are going to be uh, having a great, great uh, uh, episode talking about uh, card reading and the tarot with Sister Girl, who is our, our guest. But first, let's check in with the wonderful Madam Nadia, see how she's doing, uh, get a little bit of an update for what's going on in her neck of the woods. Welcome, uh, Madam Nadia. How are you doing? Salve, Trata. I am doing Salve, very good. Oh, so good to hear your voice, and I'm happy that we're fighting Miracle Grade here, and we are live, and it's working. So, hey. <laughs> we are definitely only... running into the issues with the god of technology right now. Oh, well. We we got some love because my chat is working. I see there are people interacting over there. I hear your beautiful velvet voice, and I'm very excited for the topic because you know the tarot and divination is one of my fortes. So I'm super excited about this episode. I'm super excited to be co-hosting. Haven't been here for a while. Yeah, it has been a little bit. What is new in your neck of the woods? Um, besides the fact that we need extra deodorant to the tune in the 90s, um, things are actually pretty, pretty good with me. I've been doing um, a lot of glamour-esque kind of things, uh, from doing a lot of glamour magic and glamour coaching for my clients, making them feel and look and attract fabulousness all over the place. I've been also doing my other stuff that I like, which is film, 
and uh, doing some um, use work and modeling myself and being in front of the camera and feeling fabulous. So that's what I've been doing. And um, I don't know, I guess the summer season is just doing good for me. Can you share for those of us, uh, uh, those listeners who may not know, what exactly is glamour work real briefly? Well, glamour work is uh, quite a bit of stuff, but glamour work is when we are using our essence, our spirit, our energy to attract what we want into our life. It's kind of like manifesting, but glamour in itself is this, um, a little bit of pizzazz, a little bit of enchantress kind of energy where we're sort of seducing uh, what we want and who we want and how we want it into our reality. So when I coach and I teach people about glamour magic, we start by finding, uh, um, finding that you know, specific flame, specific spark, uh, uh, spark within uh, a person and um, how we are um, magnifying it and using it in mm-hmm. a way to attract to us what we want. And actually, mm-hmm. people who don't know how to do it, tarot is a really good way to start it. You know, like, for instance, um, 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 what is it? I always call, call it the last card um, um, because my thought association, but, you know, the, the Leo mm-hmm. card, the woman on the lion, uh, that sexy lady, the scarlet woman, she she usually works really well. So I'm going to start to do some um, love magic, uh, glamour magic, seduction magic, bringing it into my life magic, that kind of stuff. Mm. Oh, I love that. I love that. For those of you that are interested, you can actually find uh, Madame Nadia at air for this type of work. She really is the, the only one who does this kind of phenomenal, phenomenal success, love, attraction, enchanting, you know, work all kind of combined. So definitely, definitely check her out. Um, we have a very interesting topic, and I think this is very fitting having you as the guest co-host because when I think cartomancy, I think very much you. Cartomancy is your forte. Mm. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the, the, you know, working with the cards. We're going to try to get a Sister Girl alive in just a moment. Or we're having a little bit of difficulty finding her uh, in the chat room. If she is uh, in the queue, if she could just, you know, throw up her hand so that I can make her go live uh, or say hello in the chat if she's there. Um, and we'll try to make her live uh, and then and have her join in. Uh, this is, oh, she's right there. Wonderful. Hi, sister girl. Uh, what's your area code? You can just type in the area code real quick in the chat room. We'll make you go live. We are at 323. Okay, wonderful. Let's see if we can make this go live. Sister girl, are you there? Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. Wonderful, Hello. Wonderful. Yay! So glad. <laughs> like I said, we are running into some tech problems, but it's working out. It's all coming together finally. So now we are all live in the chat. Uh, welcome to you. So glad to have you here, Sister Girl. Uh, you are a, a member of AIR. We've had you on before with a fantastic, fantastic discussion. Uh, so just a, a, a quick bit uh, intro to you. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, and what's new in your neck of the wood? For those that are just tuning in and have been uh, living under a rock and don't know who you are, 
tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, uh, what you're uh, what you're doing in your practice, and what they can expect from you if they were to, you know, come to you as a client. Just a, a couple sentences, if you would. Sure. Well, I, well, I was born and raised in the Bay Area, uh, and then went to, uh, m- moved away for to, to study, um, and then uh, moved down to Los Angeles um, after after school. And I uh, was pretty much just living my life, pursuing other career things, but I've always had my hand in um, the, what do you call it? you could say occult or spiritual or, you know, always been interested in astrology, divination, that sort of thing. And that interest led me to be, to be initiated into Lukumi, uh, the, one of the traditional African religions um, the, uh, in the Yoruba tradition, and um, also to be initiated into other, you know, Afro-Cuban and, and African um, diasporic traditions. Uh, and then I actually, interestingly enough, I, I joined, um, I met Miss Cat and all the people over at Lucky Mojo through, um, you know, to, to put together a performance for the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. And then, it was, interestingly enough, it was she that said that I should be a reader, and I thought she was crazy. I thought, I, mm. I don't read. I'm not a reader. Why would I, why would I do that? That's I can't right. do that. And she, she <laughs> read my poem, and she said, yes, you'd be a very good one. And I'm like, okay, Miss Cat. And here we are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's so that's that me. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, see, I think uh, a lot of people who are who are called to this type of work, sometimes we have, we have this impression that, like, everyone wakes up and, like, ah, oh, I have mystic powers. I should be a reader or a root worker or I should be a spirit worker. But in reality, a lot of people uh, are guided to this work. They're told by someone else, hey, you have the gift. You have the skill. You should be uh, looking into this. So that your story in that regard is, is I think, uh, quite common. And I think... Uh, I think it resonates with a lot of people who hear that. And let's let's be real. There's a lot of times when Miss Cat says something, you go, "Wait, what?" And it turns out she's a hundred <laughs> percent right. She's. I mean, that's very common. Anyone who knows Cat, she knows her predictions. They're right on the money. But you, you know, at first you go, "Wait, are you sure?" But then it, they always turn out to be true. Um, you brought a yeah. t- to us today a very interesting topic that I think. Um, it's close to a lot of people's heart and something that people are interested in, but it seems to be a kind of given. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, tarot cards and hoodoo go hand in hand. What are tarot cards? And, you know, well, you know, tarot cards are the things you predict the future with, or, or are they? The reality is that uh, today many people associate hoodoo and tarot cards uh, together, that they are a, a sort of uh, complementary practices. Many hoodoo workers or doctors or practitioners uh, read tarot cards, but that wasn't always the case. In reality, uh, while I was growing up, I think Mama Jay, who was my teacher back in the day, uh, was the only person who read tarot that I knew that was a root worker. Everyone else did mm-hmm. of other readings. Palm readings, spirit readings, the most common one was they just look at you and diagnose you. Uh, other people did mm. card readings, just regular playing cards. Um, but today we associate the tarot uh, uniquely with uh, hoodoo, and that's just a, a, an example of the sort of living tradition that is hoodoo, that it grows and develops and evolves and has absorbed, um, I think, tarot cards and tarot reading as just part and parcel of a practice. 
Um, uh, and so it, it, I think it's a great topic and an interesting topic, and a lot of people are deeply fascinated with the tarot. So I'm going to give a brief uh, introduction into the tarot cards, uh, and then I'm going to hand this over to you, and you can uh, guide us in whichever direction you want this conversation to go. I think we're going to talk a little bit about share our strategies and tips for reading and, and, and how to develop this skill and you know how to actually get going with the tarot. Uh, for those that, that don't know, the tarot are a set of sort of mystical cards that most people use for divination and fortune telling. Their history is a bit murky, and we're not quite sure what their exact origins are. Mm. However, many historians argue that they come really from, from two places. The, uh, the suit cards that are the uh, wands, the swords, the coins, and the cups. Uh, or the pentacles and the cups come from likely a Mamluk deck or some type of playing card deck from the Mediterranean, probably starts off in uh, the Mamluk world and then moves its way up into southern Europe and then slowly makes its way up even further, where it probably interacted with local uh, card playing uh, practices. And these originally were probably uh, batons or rods, uh, cups, coins and swords or daggers uh, eventually they become pentacles the major arcana likely comes from some form of uh, mystery plays or morality plays in the medieval and renaissance world they relate deeply to a set of virtues things like temperance and strength as well as a variety of kind of stories the death card in particular really reveals this the death figure is trampling over a series of bodies but one of the figures that it's coming up against is a papal figure and that's directly from uh 16th century morality play about mm -hmm. the nature of death and so these two kind of combine uh into what becomes known as the tarot and then they're added on to it a set of sort of mystical definitions, a set of uh, sort of hermetic components to it, uh, color schemes and so on and so forth. So their history is a living one. One, sometimes people try to trace it all the way back to ancient Egypt. We're not sure in that regard. But we do know that there is a deep history there, at least to the medieval era, that there was probably two separate kind of card decks at first that were then combined, um, that the, the, the suit cards, so that is the playing cards, likely were divinatory first and foremost, with the uh, major arcana being added uh, as sort of a morality play from then on. They entered into popular imagination really with uh, in two strains, one, the Western mystery tradition, and two, more often than forgotten, the uh, fortune-telling tradition, much more folk-oriented, much more grassroots, not as uh, consumed with sort of trying to find mystical meanings, but really just trying to tell the future. Uh, and both of these traditions became popular in the 19th century, uh, picking up steam in the 20th and 21st century with the mass production of the tarot cards as uh, fortune-telling decks. So that's kind of a broad, brief history. It enters into hoodoo really around the 60s and 70s um, as kind of the, the early examples of tarot reading. Before that, again, like I said, uh, hoodoo doctors uh, really read a, a variety of different uh, tools. So that's a brief introduction into the tarot. Sister Girl, I wanted to open this up to you. When you say uh, tarot readings, what does that look like for you, and what are some strategies you take uh, to undertake uh, tarot readings? Like what is it you do exactly when someone comes to you for a tarot reading? 
Okay. Well, uh, well, first I shuffle the cards. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, but what do I do? Well, I guess I'd like to go into I uh, use tarot because there are many other forms mm-hmm. of divination, and some I feel are more precise. Like I feel like shells mm. are more precise. Uh, mm. Echinum are very precise. Can be, you know, oh, I yeah. think yeah. bones can be precise. However, um, those take a long time and a lot of knowledge mm-hmm. and a lot of experience to get, give a clear message. Uh, I feel like tarot is very accessible. It's very available. Mm-hmm. And if you can learn not only the meanings of the cards, but your particular meanings, you can... Mm-hmm tap into your intuition and it's almost like each card is a word that forms a sentence or a phrase that forms a sentence and then you have a whole sentence and then you can use your impressions to sort of make a paragraph and then you have an insight into your situation. And what I like to do mm. is to take that, that, that paragraph that I've gotten and, mm. and tell the client what I see and then direct them where they should go because oftentimes the situation isn't going to be resolved just by looking at it. Uh, that's where mm-hmm. my, um, my experience with Lukumi and with Ifa comes in mm-hmm. because it's like, okay, now we see what it is. Now what are we going to do? Because if you mm. can see what it is, most times there's something you can do. Then I can direct you to either, okay, let's, let's light a candle or, let me refer you to somebody to, to do this, or you need a bath, mm-hmm. or you know what I'm saying. But it'll but it'll first tell me in the cards. I'll get a message. I'll get I'll get some words. I'll get some 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 phrases. I'll have some impressions, and I can give you a message. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Um, yeah. Madam Nadia, you mean you probably have more more decks than anyone I know. Um, I mean, you have, you have so many different decks because you you are, you. I mean, you see yourself very much as a cardomancer, as someone who really knows how to tell fortune yes. with a variety of different types of cards. And I've seen you um, actually do card readings in a variety of. I've seen you do Lenormand. I've seen you do Plain. You're very, mm-hmm. very skilled. But for you, the tarot is the tarot a favorite form of cardomancy? How do you use the tarot? Um, what does tarot even mean? Like, because it has different meanings, right? The decks are different. To, in that regards, too. Absolutely. What does tarot mean to you into your practice? Absolutely. Well, uh, as uh, our beloved uh, colleague Balthazar is calling me and himself mm. tarot divas, because we do collect decks <laughs> and we do spend, uh, quite a bit of time figuring out, you know, different decks and things. And I appreciate you bringing in the history because... I think it's very important for, uh, you know, the the new and upcoming generation of diviners and for the new baby mm-hmm. witches out there to understand that what yeah. you have on the market now didn't exist all the time and that a lot of the, the decks that we see early on are decks that represent not only um, – actually don't represent fortune telling as much as it represents uh, culture, government, and strategy and representation mm. of important figures in history. If you had the yeah. money, honey, you could have your face painted, and then we have the Renaissance and the virtues and things that actually disappear. Mm, very true. That we don't see anymore, yeah. and some people do read, you know, you, we have intense and scary decks like the Solabusca, for instance, and we have the Machianti decks, and then we have the whole school of Alejandro Khodorovsky that uh, brings us a whole oh, other yeah. oh, yeah. I, 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 I adore him 
this is not exactly yes. how I read cards, but it's really blown my mind to be able to read his work and look at the cards that yes. way. But that's um, like a Jungian thing he does. Yeah, yeah. He does a Jungian thing and he does a performance thing and he brings mm-hmm. himself into it and it's a, it, it's it's quite powerful. But one of the things yeah. that I really like about him and other teachers that I've had in tarot is that the ability to see and this is what Sister Girl I think articulated as well is not just seeing cards as sort of separate entities. Uh, but seeing it as mm-hmm. a story, as a paragraph. I'm a storyteller. Yeah. So I look at the cards mm-hmm. and um, I try to, to figure out what is the situation. And one of my approaches, and I taught it to my students, and there are videos on YouTube that I've done as well, is that when you look at the, at the combination of cards, let's say we say three cards, we want to mm-hmm. look how they interact between themselves. And sometimes it's really easy yeah. to do with... Um, with the older decks, with the wooden decks, you know, with the mm-hmm. um, uh, with the Marseille decks and so forth, because we want to look, mm-hmm. first of all, we want to look at the energy, we want to look at the colors, you know, what are the colors right. that are um, significant, is there a pooling of colors, what are the characters mm-hmm. that we're seeing, are the characters floating together, looking at each other, or are they looking away from each other? Uh, what is the direction of the reading? Is it going to the left or is it going mm-hmm. to the right? And then, of course, mm-hmm. I think one of the most key things in no matter what kind of divination we're doing is asking the appropriate question, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. If we want to know right, right. if something's going to happen, we, we need to give it a time frame. We need to articulate what we're asking, and we need to figure wow. out what represents the positive and what represents the negative. You know, and yes. sometimes positive is a great thing, but if we're asking about things like, oh my God, is my client having um, a surgery and this, this surgery is going to debilitate them in the end? You know, you you know, if your positive cards represent yes or no, you know, it's a good thing to see positive mm-hmm. cards, or it's the best thing. So this is something that every diviner has to do with themselves, a little bit of work to to make a to, to decide, to to set parameters. This is what I call setting parameters. Yeah. Like, oh, very good. But I'm going this to get Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, no, no. I, I thought I think I think it's great that you bring up the deck. You, it's important once you. First, I would say learn the basic meanings of the traditional deck, right? But then you mm. have to find a deck that speaks to you visually. If the Minkiati speaks mm. to you, mm. then use that. I can't get anything from that. Uh, if right. I like the vice versa tarot, that says a lot to me. Um, the traditional Rider weight doesn't really speak to me so much, but I can get something from it. But it's important that you find something visually stimulating to you. If you like the, you know, a darker, more sinister imagery, if you like that, like the Crowley deck or something, mm-hmm. or if you like, you know, or if you like a lighter, like the fairy deck or something, each person will be drawn to certain images and, and right. it's whatever's right for you. Yeah. Right, right. That's very well said. Um, very well said. Countryman Please Ali, what is the you 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 have? What are your deck? You, you usually um, are reading what? I use the, the Rider Waite. Now I have a few decks. One of them, uh, gifted by by yourself, actually, 
Um, mm, I have a yes, few yes. decks. I have the I have uh, the Lord Norman that you gave me, uh, Renaissance deck that you very kindly gave me. Um, I have uh, the, the the Toth deck. Um, I also have a Rumi deck, which I don't read with, but it's kind of fun to have. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I I use Rider Weight for me, and I think I, I resonate with both what both of you have said here. There are, as, as Sister Girl has rightly pointed out, that there are different divination systems, and the different divination systems work differently, and they're good for certain things. So, for example, if I want concrete yes and no answers, I go to horary. I do a horary astrology with it. Mm. It's just e- easy for me to pop that up. If I don't have a computer around me, I go geomancy because those give me – they're very blunt uh, divination tools. They're very blunt. They say yes, they say no. That's it, right? And they can give all sorts of wonderful, precise details, but they don't have the narrative component that say the tarot does. And this is important mm-hmm. to recognize that different divination systems have their own way of speaking to you, if you will. They're good for different things. But also um, that they, they require different levels of, of interpretation. And I think rightly the tarot uh, is a little e- not easier to interpret per se, but more intuitive in that regard. I mean, most of my astrologer colleagues, I'll be very upfront, literally will quote and cite uh, precedent. So they say, okay, so and so's in this. That means, according to Lily, that this is happening, or that means, mm-hmm. according to pl- this is happening. And it's very little interpretation in that regard. Whereas I think the tarot allows much more room for narrative in that regard. I don't come from a Jungian perspective myself. I don't really see archetypes, but I do see stories, and I think the tarot does this particularly well. So. Let me uh, open this kind of to both of you. One of the strategies that I do, one of the tips, if you will, for tarot reading is uh, I tell clients when they first start out that if they're going to do readings for themselves or they're going to do readings for someone else, part of the skill, as Madam Nadi said, is knowing how to ask the right question. Setting your question clearly, knowing exactly what you are looking for, not leaving the question in a sort of vague state because you're going to get vague answers. Be clear about what direction you want to take it. And then hold the question in your mind. Hold that question in your mind. The other tip I tell them is to look at the use of a significator card. Now, not everybody does this with tarot. I don't always pull a significator card for someone, which is a card that is meant to represent the person who is asking the question or what you're asking about. So if a client comes to you, you know, you go, okay, well, you are the queen of pentacles or something like that. Um, but I don't always pull that card, but I hold that card in my mind. I go, this person is the Queen of Pentacles. This person is the Page of Wands. This person is the Empress, and so on and so forth. And this helps me to insert them visually and spiritually into the deck. That way that it can come up, I can see where they are in position to other cards. So that's one thing that, mm-hmm. that I do. Uh, what about you, Sister Girl, and we'll go to Madame Nadia. What is a tip that you have or a strategy you have for reading the tarot if you're just starting out? Well, it's interesting that you bring up Jung because I am, I don't get into psycho, psychoanalysis, you know, when I'm doing cards, but I do mm-hmm. believe that what Jung believed, which is that no, no pattern is, is random. Everything appears right. for a reason. So the first thing you yes. have to start with Correct. The first thing you have to believe or what I would you, you have to believe when you're opening your deck of cards is that these cards will fall in a pattern that will tell me a message because I because because nothing is random. 
So mm-hmm. that's a good yeah. way to start. And, and then, um, and then uh, you would say, I don't use a significator myself because I believe that the I'm, I'm actually designating a meaning to each position in the day, mm. in the in my pat in my uh, what is it spread. So I know mm-hmm. from the first four cards what this situation is going to be about, and it, then mm-hmm. it's up to me to to interpret correctly what I'm being shown. So then mm, what I well mm. I'll ask the client is what are you asking me about? Are you asking about a love relationship? Are you asking about work and or finances? Are you asking about um uh family? Are you asking about uh property or material? Like that kind of stuff. And then the cards begin to take a a a, a different shape. Because let's say mm. for the five of coins for me, if you're talking about finances, it means say for a rainy day. But it mm-hmm, could also mean mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody might be moving house. So be, is it mm. you or this, or who you're asking about, or you know, mm-hmm. or it could, it could mean this person is struggling. They're homeless. It, it, it has different meanings based on what the perspective is of the person asking. So uh, I don't use a significator, but sometimes a significator will come out and say, uh, "Well, this mm. person shows up as the Knight of Coins. So this is not a person who's mm-hmm. going to reach out to you. You should reach out to mm-hmm. them." That's oh, that's fantastic. That's very interesting. And interesting. I think your synchronicity, yeah. you're so, so, so right in that regard. Uh, Nina Carmen, uh, before we go to Madam Nana, Nina Carmen asks, how do you decide whether or not to pull a significator card? And if you don't pull one, what means you use to decide what card represents the querent? So I'm very traditional. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you for your question, first of all. I'm very traditional in that regard. Uh, I uh, assign querent according to uh, their personality and how they look like. Um, uh, so, you know, certain people are associated with certain of the uh, court cards very clearly. You know, if they're a younger person, they're a page. Uh, if they're a younger working professional, they're probably a knight. If they're uh, a, a, a mother, they're probably a queen and so on and so forth. Um, and their temperaments decide it in that regard. I generally don't pull in the sense that I, I remove it from the deck, but I will show someone if I am doing it in person that this is who I've selected for you. Like this, you're the, this person. It's a little bit of a, an introduction. It's a way to warm up. It's a way to really kind of build a connection with the person that I'm doing the reading for and going, this is you. We'll talk a little bit about that card. And then I put that card back into the deck and shuffle. So I have a kind of, in that way, a very different approach to the significator than what is traditional. But the uh, uh, assignment or the characteristics are very traditional in that regard. But it's a really kind of whole spiel. And that spiel is a way of both building that resonance and that connection, but also letting the uh, client participate in a sort of dialogical process, seeing where they fit in the card themselves or in the deck themselves. Uh, Madam Nadia, what tips or strategies do you have for people who start out uh, with the tarot? Well, first of all, I want to say that um, I love the fact that you just mentioned temperaments because not a lot of people talk mm. about it, but that's a very astrological thing, but it goes beyond the, uh, <laughs> the zodiac sign. Um, I think that one of the things that I do often is something that I learned from my beloved Miss Kit, and that, that I will ask the person, what is their zodiac sign? And that will mm. automatically define um, a certain... A, certain representation in the deck for them again if a person is a mm-hmm. certain age or, or they're doing something and i know they're a capricorn i will be like okay this is a sort of uh, earth sign that i would look but it's very interesting because in in uh, european cartomancy and mm-hmm. even decks i have some decks from russia you would have a deck uh you would have a card in a deck additionally that's called card blanche mm-hmm. 
And card mm. launch is that card uh, for yeah. the significator. So you can keep all the other suit cards and whatnot, but you take that card and you infuse it with the energy of the person mm-hmm. that you're reading for. And you put it on oh, the table fantastic. and you say, well, that's a card launch. This is my current. And everybody mm-hmm. else in the game are the actors in this play, and then they all can partake in it. So if there is another Capricorn mm-hmm. and I'm reading for a Capricorn, I know that this is not that person. This is another person or signification or, or um, energy or something that's happening in their life. Um, oh, what I love I that. Am, uh, yes. I think, it, it, I think it's very useful, and I think it's a, it's a, it's a European charismatic thing. Uh, Car Blanche is, mm-hmm. is a thing. Um, mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I do with my decks, and these are the decks that I particularly love, among the other and the vintage and the, all the other things is, is um, um, if I'm working intensely with a certain deck, meaning we start developing a relationship and it's beyond and just, you know, I'm looking at the card and I have a memorized meaning and usually this is what I say mm-hmm. about the three of wands or the, the five of pentacles is that mm-hmm. I start using this card in ma- this deck in magic. So I would have mm-hmm. two decks of the same kind one of them is going to be my reading deck, and another deck is going to be my magic deck, right? So mm, I can use it, and I can spray it with liquor. I can light candles on it, <laughs> because then after you do that kind of stuff, it doesn't shuffle really well, and you know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, so, yeah, so it becomes um, a magical, beautiful, wonderful mess. So I would have that, but let's say I would... I, I would um, do a reading and, and certain com- cards will come up and I know, well, the woman, she is the queen of pentacles and her lover mm-hmm. is, let's say, the emperor. And now I want to do some work for them or I want to advise to do some work for them. So I'm going to go to my other deck that I'm using for work and I'm going to pull those cards and then I'm going to enchant those cards and say, well, the queen of pentacles and so-and-so, the emperor is so-and-so, let me put them together and put something on top of them like, let's say, the star or the lovers mm. or the ace of wands. Maybe they want to have some mm-hmm. passion sex. Put that together, put some candles on it, put my other stuff, whatever I'm doing. But I would have two separate decks. And the deck that I'm using for reading is going to be exactly the same deck that I'm using for um, a copy mm-hmm. of exactly the same deck that I'm using for magic. But uh, now I have this direct connection because I believe when we're talking to clients and we're pulling certain cards, we make associations with spirits and contracts with spirits. Mm-hmm. And then it's so much easier to pull those cards and be like, okay, this, this queen of pentacles is Mary so-and-so, and now it's so much easier mm-hmm. for me to connect her to Joe so-and-so mm-hmm. and put them together and give them some, a night of really amazing pleasure. Mm-hmm. Let, let, me, let, let me take that and let me put it in my um, altar room and, and, mm-hmm. and create all that and make it happen. So this is one of the let things me, I Let me jump in. Well, I, let me jump in real quick, uh, just real briefly. Um, one of the best ways to, to learn about uh, tarot is to get tarot readings and get a lot of them and learn mm. from other people. That's one way that we've all learned. Uh, Sister Girl, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, what I was going to say to that is I, I actually just a long time ago just got a deck. I think my first deck was the Mother Peace Tarot. It's like a round deck, and it's mm-hmm. kind of female-centered mm. and earth you know, and I, I really didn't know what I was looking at for a long time, but I just kept playing with them. 
And and then I yeah. yes, of course I did get a lot of readings, just as you said. But mm-hmm. but it's interesting when I think if in the context of doing a spell that is brilliant to use different cards to represent people. Uh, I, but mm-hmm. I um, in my readings, just straight readings, if someone just wants a reading. I have not tended to use any kind of cards to represent because it'll show itself. I have I have particular clients where, given the situation, they may show up as the Queen of Wands, but in the romantic situation, they'll show up as the Queen of Pentacles. So, uh, but in their work life or in their day-to-day life, they show up as the Queen of Wands. So sometimes I feel like it depends on the mood of the person, the the right. style of the person. Also, if, you know, if she's showing up as the queen of wands and she's interested in showing who's mm-hmm. in someone who's showing up as the king of pentacles, there's, there's going to mm-hmm. be a mismatch. So maybe you have to balance mm-hmm. that energy, uh, you know. So, so it's, that's my approach is that it'll, it'll, it will reveal itself based on, based on the situation, based on your, your mood at the moment and based on the, your um, situation at the moment, which, which, which will always change. Yeah, that's fantastic. I'm I'm just going to say something real briefly. Um, I'm going to extend this uh, conversation. We're going to continue with the discussion. We, uh, one of our uh, sign-ups is in the uh, queue, uh, and that person will get to in our second section. But I'm going to expand this because uh, the other uh, people in the queue, the other people who have signed up haven't actually uh, called in yet. So we'll get to that person, uh, and because we, we have a little bit of wiggle room in that regard, and I think this is such a fantastic topic that we're just kind of getting into this way, and we're going to kind of move past our first caller and, and continue this conversation for a few more minutes, if that's okay with everyone. Uh, are we good to continue this conversation? Yes. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, because this is this is a very this is an interesting topic, and we can see from also the chat room that a lot of people are interested in what's going on here. I think something that you said, Sister Girl, really resonated here is that you played around, you got this deck, and then you just played around with it. That is so important. I think people get the tarot deck, read a book about the tarot or the little booklet that comes with the interpretation, and then they start reading for other people. And that's, I don't think, the best approach. The best approach is to first get as many readings as possible um, for yourself, just so you can understand that there are different styles. There, you can go, oh, that really worked for me. Ooh, uh, that didn't work for me. I'm not going to do that when I do readings. And then play around with the deck. That's such an important mm. component. I mean, these were originally playing decks. There were A lot of them were used for games. So play around with them. Flip through them. Look at them. Pull cards for yourself. Ask a question and pull cards. Fiddle around with them. Hold them. See how they feel. You can tell if someone is um, a, a you know verse tarot reader or not, or long term tarot reader or not, just by the way they handle the deck. Is it uncomfortable in their hands? Is it awkward in their hands? Um, or does it uh, work really well? Like is there something that's very uh, fluid or or, or uh, dexterous in, with with their deck? All of that tells you something. So playing around with the tarot uh, is a is a big thing. The other thing I would say is that once you've gotten your readings, played around with the readings, then you should do at least and Miss Cat gave this recommendation a hundred readings before you set up your shingle, or at least, you know, if you can't do 100, something mm. along those lines. This is interesting because in other traditions, for example, in my geomantic tradition, you're not allowed to do readings for people until you get what's known as a ijaza, and ijaza is a permission or a license. It's a sort mm. of initiatory mm-hmm. tradition, and the initiatory tradition actually has a test, and it's called the test of 33. 
in which you're asked, and some of them are 99, but most are 33, you're asked 33 specific questions, and you are to uh, cast a chart for those 33 questions. And if you get them you know, correct, that's when you get your uh, ajaza. So along those lines, I think doing readings, take the time and pull, do 100 readings or so. And then you'll start to develop a language of the tarot that go, goes beyond their traditional understanding. Um, I wanted to ask both of you, in terms of spreads, what spreads do you use? What spread do you recommend? With, if someone is playing around with the tarot, they've just started, what do you recommend in terms of pulling cards themselves as a useful strategy for, for interpreting, reading, etc.? Uh, let's go to Sister Girl and then Madam Nadia. I do a variation on the Celtic cross. Uh, but without a significator. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, I think what's easy, the easiest thing to start with is a past, present, future, and then advice card. I think just mm-hmm. to do a four card, just pick four, four or five cards, like past, present, future of the situation, and advice, and, and to see what comes up. That's a, that's a good way to just start. Um, mm. But a Celtic cross, I also like. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very standard. What about you, Madam Nadia? Those are those are fantastic. Um, what I do is most often I just pull three cards, and I think it depends mm-hmm. on the dynamics with the client, because mm-hmm. some clients yeah. will come to you and they will tell you, "I want a general outlook on the situation," and I mentioned it on the show before, and I'm going to mention it again. I am a predictive reader. I don't like to waste my clients money or time. So a lot of times when clients don't have experience with tarot or, or divination, they mm-hmm. will come and be like, Oh, I don't know what to ask. I'm kind of feeling embarrassed. And I say, Oh, let me talk about your uh, bathroom for half an hour. If you want to ask me about your bedroom, let's be more concise. Mm-hmm. Let's focus on, mm-hmm. on the reading or what you really want to know. But a lot mm-hmm. of it depends on the dynamics of Clients. So if a client is very used to me and they're like have a specific situation, they'll be throwing questions like, and what about this? And what about that? And what about the other thing? And you'll drop three cards and you'll have the answer. Other clients would want to sit back and get a better perspective and then you go in and you do spreads. Mm. I, have a, um, I have a notebook with a few spreads that I like better. Some of them are for Lenormand, some of them are for Carol. I honestly reach for that notebook once in a while uh, or mm-hmm. more when I do coaching, magical coaching with clients because then we decide on archetypes and magical workings and it's, it's more constructed. Otherwise, mm-hmm. a lot of times it would be just three card readings or seven card readings just to see how the situation, where it starts, how it ends and how it mm-hmm. progresses and making mm-hmm. a storyline and again, setting up some rules. Are we talking about a year from now or three months from now? Are we talking about mm-hmm. positive or negative? Are we talking about achieving our goal or going a different way? That is more important to me than the amount of cards. I can pull the whole deck and tell a story, or I can pull three cards and tell a story. It would be right. um, it, it. It will depend on the situation. It will be depending on the question. It will be depending on the dynamic right. of the client and the food. Where you're like, well, you know, some some people want quick answers. Some people want you to sit there and give them a perspective of everything. So mm-hmm. one of the, if we're talking perspective, 
um, it's the same freaking spread, but people call it different. It's like the zodiac spread or the house spread or the astrological spread. But it's right. pretty much, you know, you're laid out 12 houses and maybe a significator in the middle and what crosses it. And you're kind of looking at the whole, all these different areas, like where's my career going to be or what is hidden from me right. or my relationship or my that, that could be That could be one of those things that you do for somebody who comes to you and like, well, I want to see a year in advance. What's up? What's going to happen? Right. But it was like, you know, is my boyfriend going to propose to me? Three cards, bam, bam, bam. Right. This is, you know, this is what you do. And then right. a lot of us use different different systems together. Because I, right in front of me right now, I have my Lenormand deck. And then I have my tarot deck. And I might say, mm-hmm. well, for this question, I'll pull cards from here. And for that question, I'll pull cards from there. It all depends. Mm-hmm. But really, if we are giving, if we're thinking about ourselves as service, we're, we're offering service to the client, it's very important to hear what the client wants or what the situation yeah. is or what they are asking about. And that will, that will sort of set the, the precedent of how we're going to yeah. read it or how many cards we're going to pull. Yeah. Yeah, yeah in, in a similar way, I, I, the spreads I usually depend on the kind of question. My go-to spread is a made-up spread, one that I made up for myself. I call it the crossroads spread, and it's, uh, you know, know, five cards. I know your spread. It's yeah, yeah, notebook. Notebook. I know your <laughs> yes, it's a fantastic spread and it's one that I completely it made up and and it just works really well for me and it works well for the kind of questions that I that I generally look at. Uh, it, uh, it has components that helps to un- unveil or reveal hidden components, what to do going forward. It is very root worker oriented for me. It uh, uh, generally tells me this is what's going on. Here's the hidden factors. Here's what to do to solve it. That's basically its, it's approach. Um, but also I, I use a three-card spread. And for those that listen to the radio show, I'm only pulling three cards generally, maybe a fourth if I'm looking for clarification. Those are the only two spreads I really use, with the exception of clients that come to me and go, I don't really know what I want. And then, like yourself, I start big. I start because I am an astrologer. I start with the the 12 houses. I pull out the 12 houses, and then we talk about the various parts. And then they go, okay, well, I'm really interested in that thing you said about money. And then I'll pull further cards on the money to dig deeper uh, on what's going. And this way, we kind of use a telescope and a microscope, look at the big thing, and then Mm. come down uh, and look at the kind of minuscule. And those are really the three spreads I use. I don't use anything else than that. But from what I'm gathering from, from both uh, uh, Sister Girl and yourself is that uh, if a person is starting out, one strategy is to find the spread in the same way that you find the tarot that works for you. Find the spread that works for you. Play around with it. Maybe you like three cards. Maybe you like four. Maybe you like set spreads like the Celtic cross. I mean the Celtic – people use the Celtic cross for a reason. It works. It's great. Mm. It reveals so much information. Or maybe you don't like the Celtic cross and you want to create something else for yourself. So the spread component is, is up to you. The point is that you need to unveil a story, and I think all three of us have kind of hinted at this. The tarot itself has a story embedded to it. If you look at the tarot, many of them are similar characters at different stages of their life. Many of them are related to one another, and if you spread them out, they tell a certain story. So being able to pull out that story uh, is, is going to you know, be the key to being a good interpreter or reader, and that can come down so, to the thing- spread that you use. 
Go ahead. Yeah, one thing I just want to let people know or caution them or ask them is just please don't just, oh, my God, I got the death card. I'm going to die. Or, oh, my gosh, here's the yes, tower sir. card. Yes, Something disastrous is going to happen. That That's a temptation. That's a, that's a beginner thing that people do. And I'm just saying it doesn't necessarily mean that. There are other cards coming together that can mean those things. But don't just go by the name of the card or by the look of the card to think that everything's bad. Right. Well, one of the ways that Miss Cat mm-hmm. teaches, and this is something that I also teach, is to treat the tarot card as sort of filing cabinets. They have a sort of label on them. That's the name and what they mean based off of the traditional interpretations, right? So this card means this, that card means that, this is associated with that. That is your sort of filing cabinet parameter. But then as you do readings more and more, you will start to associate those cards with more in-depth and nuanced interpretations. And you'll see how as they pair up in certain ways or as they uh, uh, relate to one another in certain spreads, they mean different things. So, for example, some cards, if they show up in a particular order, mean a very specific thing for me. They can mean that someone mm-hmm. is going to come into a quick amount of money, but they're going to lose it because of a health issue. Or they can, it can mean something like uh, they're going to have have a new job offer that's going to come through family. It means specific things because I've seen that pattern over and over and over again. And so in other words, they start to act as filing cabinets. They will be associated with paintings and poems and songs and music mm. uh, and uh, events and experiences and feelings. And in the case of uh, Madame Nutt, it smells, right? Like Because you're very strong mm. with your psychic sense. Even certain smells get associated with certain cards, certain mm. colors. So understand that the tarot is open in that regard, that the cards uh, aren't closed off, they're open, and they will gather meaning, that, you know, they'll start to mean more specific things to you in your life, certain people, like, I always joke that whenever I get the Queen of Pentacles, that means Miss Cat for me, right? Because she's a she's a Taurus, right? So this is the same thing. You'll develop that kind of relationship to the cards, and that only comes with tinkering with them, working with them, playing with them, and figuring them out. Uh, what other strategies would you recommend for building that sort of vocab of, of the tarot cards? You said, for example, that the death card doesn't always mean that. So how does a person start to develop the various meanings for the card in addition to reading and, and understanding the sort of basic traditional definitions? How do they grow those definitions and interpretations? And, and is uh, for, well, for either of you. I'd say first um, look at the pictures. That's why look at the pictures to see what if you if there's any anything that particularly stands out to you uh, from each picture, you know. Um, the and also understand that the four suits or the 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 four re- represent the four elements represent, like say the swords represent thought, the pentacles represent mm-hmm. money, or, or um, mm. the cups represent emotion, and mm. the, the wands represent either uh, passion or um, creativity or, or, you know, um, uh, opportunity. So to know mm-hmm. that, that, that fire, earth, air, and water, that those have that, keeping in mind that symbolism, like say the king of swords, mm-hmm. okay, that's not somebody who's going to be able to express their feelings for you, but they will show you how they love you. They will do things. Mm. They 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 are they're very cerebral. That's because that's a mental mm. deck. That's a king mm. in he. That's a person in that particular or is oriented that way. 
you know, so mm-hmm. that, that's mm-hmm. where that interpretation goes. Or looking at the eight of coins, it's almost mm-hmm. always somebody working or some, some element of work. It's always about work. Mm-hmm. It's always mm-hmm. about work. So, so uh, looking at the picture and also keeping in mind what element your, your, that, that card is dealing with. Mm. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's really good. Uh, Madam Nadia. Yeah, well, I think that um, it's really important to remember, as Sister Girl was talking about the uh, the suit, the majority of the deck is combined of the minor arcana. Minor arcana represents the suit. The suits represent the elements. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. if we want to see how things are happening, we just need to see how the elements play with each other, right? Mm. So we have the two feminine suits. We have the two masculine suits. Some of them are just uh, combine easily water and earth you know pentacles and cups play together really well mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. on the other hand if you're going to put pentacles um, or cups and, and wands water and fire mm-hmm. shit we have a little bit of a problem right we're going to start <laughs> things are going to start bubbling up but are they mm-hmm. going to be able to play together really well and then we're going to mm-hmm. look and like, what is the, <coughs> excuse me, what is the majority there? You know, mm-hmm. what do I have? Do I have a little fire? Do I have a little water? How they, how these interact with each other? And this mm-hmm. is where the where the meat is. That type mm-hmm. of interaction, I think, this is really, really, really important. And also, mm-hmm. sorry, my my throat is really itchy. Um, I think that if we are working with a specific deck that is not um, a shit collage deck that anybody can create Mm -hmm. in their Photoshop these days and and try to sell it um, decks have elements and images to them and it's art Mm -hmm. artists create decks there is a way that our eyes travel across the um, the canvas of the deck. And I find mm-hmm. it very interesting that sometimes I've been reading the same deck for 10 years and I would be sitting with a client and they have a very specific question and suddenly my eyes like, oh my God, there is a daffodil mm-hmm. there. How mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. world haven't I seen this daffodil before? And what does it mean? And what mm-hmm. does it mean to the client? And then there's another mm-hmm. element that I always, always, always teach to my, my students is that spirit talks to us in a way that we understand. And we understand that language the more we develop it, just like any other mm-hmm. language. You know, if I would go to study Italian, the more I spend with it and interact with people, I know better. But, mm-hmm. for instance, I always gave this, give this example. Some people love dogs. I love dogs. Mm-hmm. Dogs, for me, represent a friend, a companion, a sense of loyalty. Mm-hmm. But if you were beaten by a dog as a child and you have a trauma and a trigger attached to a dog, if you see a dog Mm -hmm. in your card, it will automatically, no matter how many times I'm going to tell you, dog is a friend, dog is a friend, dog Mm -hmm. is a loyal friend, you'll be looking at that card Mm -hmm. and be like, that motherfucking dog is going to bite me. This Mm -hmm. is your relationship with spirit and this is your relationship with your card. And this is what's mm-hmm. going to differentiate whatever is uh, in the books, you know, the memorized meaning, whatever, right. and and your emotional response because your spirit is right. speaking to you and the world and language that you can understand. Mm-hmm. 
And mm-hmm. another person will understand it just slightly a little bit different. Maybe we'll right. agree on certain right. things. Right. But again, well, I agree. For I instance, go ahead, you guys. But Sorry. I also, I said, but I agree with that to- totally. But I also think don't lose, don't ever lose sight of the traditional like right or weight meanings because that will inform the intuitive meaning that you get. So keep those two so together have, all the time. Yeah. yeah, some type of grounding. So I, I tell clients all the time, I'm a very meticulous and methodical person. It's just how I am. So I develop my interpretations by literally journaling. I w- did a reading. Mm. What does my week look like? And I did my readings. And then at the end of the week, I sat down and I went, well, this is what happened. And so I started to develop, okay, well, this configuration meant this happened and this meant that. And it helped me to add nuance mm. to a lot of my interpretations. So I was very methodical. I mean, there, I, I have them still with me. They're just boxes and boxes of journals that I used to do with my weekly readings. I still keep track, not as well, methodically, but I journal. still do. And uh, uh, the other journaling is is dream journaling. Yeah, developing the Mm -hmm. vocabulary. And I always tell clients, too, you know, dream journal. Write down your dreams because that builds the sort of symbolic logic that you're going to need for um, uh, tarot reading. We've actually come to the end of our segment. Again, we could have gone the entire episode on this uh, topic because it was such a fantastic discussion. Thank you, Sister Girl, for uh, presenting it for us and all, bringing this topic to us. And thank you, Madam Nadia, for, for bringing your insights. This was a very fun and interesting uh, and exciting uh, conversation. We're going to take a quick break in which we have Papa Newt uh, come in and then lead us on to our next segment. Uh, Papa Newt, are we, do I have you there? More Mercury and retrograde. Yeah, yeah. Definitely in the chat, and he's he's live. Papa Newt, you there? He's talking, but we cannot hear him. How strange! He's unmuted too. That is very bizarre. Uh, Yeah, I have. He's unmuted. I don't know. Uh, let's unmute, unmute. Let's mute. Let me try. Let me try by muting him and unmuting him again. Fingers crossed, everyone, that it will work out. Um, uh, let's see. So, mute and okay. Unmute. How's that? Hello. Oh, there you oh! Okay, I, I was I must have been muted on the board. So, all right, let's get yeah. into this. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now let's get to our phones and take our first call for the night and the first caller is calling in from area code 818 in los angeles this is inkwell inkwell are you there uh yes i am here welcome to the show i see this is your first time caller you've uh been listening to us in the archives and thank you for entrusting us with your situation today oh thank you so much i'm so happy to be on the show and thanks for your time Oh, you're very welcome. And now I see that you have not had any private readings with Miss Cat or Contraman Ali or have gone to any other readers and root workers on this particular situation. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. 
Thank you. And Inkwell writes, I have been a professional screenwriter for 20 years with two major films released in theaters and other projects in development, but no new work appears to be on the horizon despite steady efforts uh, by myself and my team. Money has always been uh, inconsistent. That's the nature of the business industry. However, my finances are now in severe disarray. I'm nearly two months behind on rent with bills piling up, and I'm in huge debt. I'd like to know the underlining reason, uh, reasons work is not coming my way, whether this is a cross-condition, and what I can do to turn things around. Turn it back to you, Congressman Ali. Thank you, Papa Newt. Is glad we we got you back by muting and unmuting you. Um, couldn't have done the show without you. Uh, so lovely to hear your voice. Uh, thank you, uh, Jim or Inkwell, for entrusting us with your situation. We're gonna have Madam Nadu do your first reading, followed by Sister Girl, and then I'm gonna give you some root work recommendations. Uh, just a couple questions uh, off the bat. What is your sign of the zodiac, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, no problem. Uh, my sign is that I'm an Aries. Uh, that's my sun sign. And I'm a Leo ascendant and a Virgo moon. Okay, great. And what is uh, roughly how old are you? You don't have to be specific. Just tell me the general age. Uh, I'm in my early 40s. Early 40s. Okay, so nowhere near the second sign of return. Uh, we're going to turn this over to Madame Nadia. Madame Nadia happens to be uh, uh, not only a brilliant uh, fortune teller, but also happens to be in the filmmaking uh, world and an art world herself. Uh, so I think she's the, she's the exact right person to, to do your first reading. So Madame Nadia, if you want to take over. Absolutely. Well, Inkwell, thank you for entrusting uh, your reading with us, and I'll be more than happy to uh, talk to you about what's going on. Um, I pulled a few cards for you, and the first card is the Wheel of Fortune. And in this specific situation, the message that I'm getting for you is that this Wheel of Fortune, you, are, you can be very lucky at times, but then after that luck happens, something shifts. So there's a lot of up and down in your life all the time, and you are having a little bit of a trouble riding that wave, especially now. It may be, have been easier before, but it is not as easy now. And the next two cards that I got, which is very interesting because both of them are threes. The first one is three of cups, and the second one is three of wands. And both of these cards tell me that this is a time for you to start making associations, connections, networking with people that are different than where you, you would usually go. Perhaps it's the industry changing. Perhaps your mind is changing. Perhaps something is going on. But going to people outside of where you usually go would be productive for you in order to uh, get that money on the table in order to get that next project up, in order to get that motivation, that inspiration, all those things. I see things are moving for you. The Wheel of Fortune is not a bad card to start the reading with, but it's going to take some time for you to be able to get um, money moving, income moving, things coming to you, doing some magic around who you are and bringing those people to you would be quite beneficial in my opinion and this is what I would highly suggest um, 
doing. And that is mm-hmm. what I'm seeing here. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much. That's very helpful. Thank you. Yes. Thank you for that reading. Let's have Sister Girl do your uh, next reading. Okay. So the first card out was the, for me was the Six of Wands, which makes me want to ask, um, what about what is your team like, like your agent, your manager, your production team? Like is there uh, – look, look at that because the Six of Wands, it's a night on a course with there are – people, five other wands. So you need five other people's help. I don't know if that's producers. I don't know if that's a writing partner. I don't know if that's an agent, a manager. But you're, you need five people in your on your team in order to get that victory. Uh, then we've got the Seven of Cups and the Lover's Card. The Lover's here represents the potential for a contract or, or you know, or work. Um, the Seven of, of Cups will say, there is a somebody that you may not know yet. There's somebody who has information that, that will be helpful to you. You do have options. Um, if you don't know what to do, you don't have to do anything right now, but I would consult with a professional. I don't know if it's a professional about how to deal with your debt. I don't know if it's a professional on how to get, um, you know, the networking you need to get or to get the new manager or what have you. And then I got the eight of coins, which represents work. So um, it, I do see you being overburdened here, 10 of of uh, Ten of Wands, which is you being burdened by your debt, which you mentioned. Uh, you might need to either delegate, make arrangements if possible. Um, uh, but there, there, then comes the, um, the then comes the World card, which means a new chapter is opening for you. So uh, the main thing here. Then I, I also got the Eight of Swords, which means do not. Don't panic. <laughs> Don't panic. Uh, keep, stay positive. Remain positive. Try to have a bird's eye view on this. Uh, if you've done it before, you can do it again. And if you've had two movies released, you can get a third. You know, um, right now you've got to stand your ground. You, the strength card comes up, meaning you've got to be strong through this. Be consistent. Continue day to day, whatever you do, whether you write every day, whether you focus on your, you know, career every day or whatever you do, keep, keep, hold, stand your ground. Um, in order to get some immediate income coming in, I'm not opposed to you getting a jobby job that you just to, just to make sure you can keep body and soul together, that sometimes we need to do that. You might be able to do some work from home. I don't know if you can do coverage. I don't know what your options are, but look into it. Um, mm-hmm then I would say it looks like there's a female, I want to say producer, queen of coins. You may not have spoken to her. You may not know her yet. But there's, there's, a, there's some opportunities coming with this woman, and then it ends with the, um, the empress and the nine of cups, which is your wishes fulfilled. So there is, I think there's a female producer out there that will, is ready to partner with you, but um, don't, don't be afraid to get some money coming in. Uh, while you're getting all this together, and 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 see if you need to make some adjust, adjustments to your professional team. Okay, okay, that's all super helpful. Thank you very much. Yeah. This is this, you've gotten some fantastic uh, advice here. What I'm going to do is give you some root work recommendation, um, and and we'll go from there. I'm going to uh, keep this short because I want to bring Sister Girl and Madam Nadia into it so that they can also offer their uh, suggestions, I think, because they're picking up on what's needed here and the reading that they're doing. Uh, will help to kind of fine-tune some of the work. In a situation like yours where you want both money work uh, quickly, 
uh, I always recommend jar work. Jar work is fantastic for really getting results and getting those results fast. What I'd want you to do is uh, print out the first pentacle of the sun. This is a Solomonic seal. You can print it out. You can find it online. You can order it from uh, the paper version from Lucky Mojo. You can just print it out. And then on the, you're going to cut it out, and on the back, you're going to write your petition. You're going to write very clearly uh, your kind of letter to God or the creator or whoever. Oh, spirit, I, I ask for work to come my way, for uh, creative fulfillment work, screenwriting work, etc. that will cover all my expenses, uh, all the money I need for luxury, and then some. Always include that and then some, right? You don't want enough money to live. You want enough money to thrive, okay? You're going to write that okay. on, the back, on the back of this Solomonic seal. Then you're going to take a dollar bill, and you're going to take a dollop of honey, and you're going to place it, uh, put that dollop right on that Solomonic seal, uh, stick the dollar to it, and fold it up. And say, as this money is sweetened, so will all wealth be sweet to me and come to me and treat me sweetly. Money is a spirit. Most people forget this. Money is a spirit. It is a very capricious spirit, but it is a spirit that can be petitioned, mm. that can be influenced. So you want to sweeten money to you. That's why we're going to use a dollop of honey. You're going to fold that up, take a red string, and tie it into a nice little package. You're going to put that package into a jar. Then you're going to cover it with five-finger grass so that you have success with all five of your fingers and that you receive all that you ask for. Deer's tongue for eloquence that your words may influence others. Bailey's for success. John the Conqueror that you may overcome everything and are given just the right amount of luck in order to be victorious. And cinnamon to draw wealth and fortune to you and luck swiftly. You're going to cover this. You're going to put as much of it as you want in the jar. Don't fill it up to the top. Halfway is fine. Pray into the jar. Breathe life into it. Uh, call on the jar. Say, all these herbs, I call out to you. Aid me. Bring me the wealth and the fortune that I need. Bring me the success that I need, the job that I desire. You're going to close that jar. You're going to shake it up. Shake it up and pray. Pray and call out to spirit. Call out to the spirit of money. Call out to the spirit of success. Call out to the Lord Almighty that you be granted the success that you need and desire to overcome uh, whatever obstacles are in your way and that you achieve your goal of making money, getting a new, screenwri uh, a new screenwriting gig, getting another film uh, up on the big screen, so on and so forth. You are then going to place that jar somewhere where you're going to be able to work on it regularly, and you're going to take uh, a candle. This can be just a plain old white candle, or you can grab a purple candle or a green candle or a gold candle. Any of those colors will work. You're going to anoint it with money drawing and crown of success oil. You're going to uh, anoint this, stick it to the top of the jar. So you should have some type of metal lid, like a mason jar for this. You're going to stick it to the top. But before you light the candle, you're also going to place a small container, a little bowl or a dish or a cancer or a thurible, right in front of it. You're going to then fill mm. that with uh, althea, five-finger grass, bay leaves, and you're going to take a dollar and cut it up into small bits. Now, don't use all of the cut-up dollar, just a little bit. So you're going to cut off a little strip of the dollar and then cut that up even more and mix it in 
with the Althea Five Finger and Baileys. You'll get a nice little herbal mixture there, uh, and you're going to light the candle and the herb mixture together. This herb mixture is going to be your incense. You can add a couple drops of uh, oil to it. Uh, my recommendation is to burn it with charcoal. So you will place that little heat-proof dish, put the charcoal, sprinkle on that mix of Althea, five-finger grass, bay leaves, and the shredded dollar, little pieces of the shredded dollar. You're going to light it. The reason you're shredding up that dollar is that money is now an offering to spirit. You are giving it money, and in return, it will return manifold to you. This is a trick uh, that, that some people uh, know about. Uh, you'll find, for example, that even in some of Miss Cat's products, for example, Bostix, you will find money in there, um, as well as in lodestone work and jar work, that you offer up something. You give money, and in turn, you receive it manifold. Uh, in the old days, some people used uh, Monopoly money, but I prefer using actual money. Because mm -hmm. I don't want fake money returned to me. I want real money returned to me. So use a dollar, shred it up. You're giving it as an offering and say, as you, I offer up this incense to the spirit of money. I offer up this incense to the spirit of the Lord and his angels that they receive this offering and in turn that they give to me. As the incense is burning and as the candle is burning, you will recite three times, Behold his face and form by whom all things were made and whom all creatures obey. This is the versicle associated with the first pentacle of the sun that you put in that jar. It's a way of unlocking that power, tapping into the scriptural power of the, uh, uh, of the Solomonic seal. Recite it three times. Let the candle burn down. Let the incense burn down. You will repeat this for seven days while the moon is waxing. And then after that, repeat it every week in order to keep the power of the jar going. This is my recommendation to you. Uh, I think it's, it's easy work. It's not particularly involved, but it is long-term work so that you don't run into this problem again. You continue to burn uh, this candle uh, and this incense, this is why you only take a sliver of that dollar, once a week going forward after the initial seven days, and that will ensure that you will continue to have gainful and steady employment. Okay, that's my recommendation. Ooh, that's amazing. Now, what, to, uh, <laughs> what was the prayer <laughs> that you said to do? Uh, yes, this prayer is from Sol the Solomonic Seal, and you recite, uh, Behold his face and form by whom all things were made and whom all creatures obey. And I'm going to put this in the chat so that there will be a, a log of it mm -hmm. in the chat room, and you'll be able to see it. So, Madam Nod, oh. first let's go to uh, Lady Girl. Thank, uh, thank you. Girl. We'll thank you so much. So, uh, of course. Let's see if you, Sister Girl has anything further to add, and then Madam Nadia. No, I love that, and I love all the when you give works like that. I love, I love it because I've done some of the stuff that you've given, <laughs> and they work. So I would he, I oh, would advise so uh, this this client to to take heed and yeah, have had belief. Okay, I got I did a two part cut here. I got the Ten of Swords, which is saying take an inventory of everything. Do maybe do an outline or a or a mm. like a like a plan for yourself. You know what I mean, or like a, a mm. post mortem on mm -hmm. what's happened. And then also right. I got the, the the magician reverse, which is saying believe in this work that you're going to do. Believe it because it's, it's, it's powerful. And also just do an inventory of where you're at and where you want to be. Okay. Okay, for sure. Thank you. Did we, Wonderful. Did we Madam Nadia? Personal, 
Did we mention personal concerns in in that whole scheme of things? The wonderful wonderfulness that came from Conjurman Ali. Um, I'm sorry, say that again. Personal concerns. Oh yes, that's great. Mm. You could add in a little if, bit of your hair. Yeah, totally. Possible oh right. Add, take some. Um, what I would recommend is taking some beeswax, putting some of your hair and some fingernails because you're going to write those scripts and you're going to think those ideas, right? Roll it between your hands. And mm. another thing that you can pray on or say is that may I be favored by all those who have influence. And may I be unseen by all those who are going to waste my time. And you can add that mm. little bit of shredded money into that mm. bowl with that wax. But may I be favored by all those who have influence. And may I be unseen by all those who are going to waste my time. Because you don't want to put your proposals, your ideas to all those people who are just going to put it on their desk, in their drawer, whatever the hell they're going to do, but they're not going to do anything for you. You want to go straight to the people that will um, give you that that coin, give you that money, give you that job, give you that script, give you that open door. And you can add that bowl into the jar with the rest of your work. And once in a while, you can pull it out and roll it between your hands. And again, pray for favor. Pray to be seen by the right people and unseen by those who are just going to waste your time. Mm. That's fantastic, okay. fantastic. Thank you for entrusting us with your situation. We do wish you all the best. Uh, let us know how things uh, turn out. Uh, give us a call back in a little bit. Yes, I will do that for sure. And thank you all so very much. All You're welcome. We are going to take a quick break for an announcement from the wonderful Troll Towelhead, and then we'll be back. Papa Newt will lead us on to our free spell. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7, all time specific, Add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Sister Girl of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California. Take it away, Sister Girl. Oh, wow. Uh, the, the spell, wow, that's a good one. Okay, so now, let's see. Ah. To give yourself more uh, insight and to give yourself more uh, spiritual act- clarity, uh, you can do a skull candle for yourself. Uh, you can carve your name into the skull candle. I would choose a white one, not any other color. Uh, you could anoint it with clarity oil and also with uh, crown of success and with psychic vision oil. And then surround it with, put it on a plate and then put four pieces of star anise. I like to use the complete star anise, so if you get a bag of them, make sure they're complete around each one, because star anise is good for psychic um, vision. Also, put a little frankincense on the plate as well, and then light it and pray over it, and and, and that you will be able to see things clearly and have more uh, psychic abilities. 
and more intuitive abilities. Uh, and that's uh, it's a simple one, but I like simple because I think simple works. And that will help you to open up your your mind's eye, your third eye, and, and um, mm. in order to, to just get more insight, more intuition, more clarity. That's beautiful. I love that. So for, for people that, that don't know, um, let's break, it, break this down a little bit. Uh, Star Anise, beautiful, beautiful work uh, mm-hmm. uh, for psychic vision. It's one, it's got a wonderful fragrance to it. Um, but it's also really powerful, in particular in connection with dreams and remembering and intuition. So great in that regard. And frankincense is an all-around powerful incense for uh, yeah, insight, wisdom. It's associated with, with Jesus, frankincense, and mirror, given a gift for it. Very powerful spirit. And then the oil uh, was psychic vision, if I heard correctly. Is that right? Yeah, psychic vision and also clarity. Mm. And clarity. Oh, yes. The combination of the two are, are fantastic. I actually, uh, whenever I do scrying with smoke, it's sort of a funny, uh, interesting aside, is uh, I will actually burn a little bit of psychic vision oil, by which I mean I will have a charcoal going, an incense charcoal, and I'll, I'll drop in a couple drops of psychic vision, and man, does that really, really open up? Now, some people like using incense. Incense is great. There's something about burning oil for me, though, that really taps into that psychic power or that deep, deep uh, ability. So I, burn, I actually burn the oil. I use psychic vision incense, for example, just uh, regularly like the smoke things or whatnot. But when I'm really wanting to scry with it, psychic vision oil burns. So I'm a big fan of psychic vision oil. It's fantastic. It works really well. Uh, you can use it. Another way of using it is a little bit of psychic vision oil uh, on your temples before you go to bed. You will dream yep. truth. You will dream powerful dreams. And even if you don't remember your dreams, you will wake up with stronger intuition and knowing uh, the answer to. So would you recommend, uh, a Sister Girl, and, and we can have uh, Madam uh, Nadia, and jump in on this as well. But before someone, because this entire topic, the fantastic topic that you presented us today was uh, strategies and tips for tarot readings. Would you recommend that people use psychic vision and the, the spell that you just recommended to enhance those abilities? Uh, would this be something that they do, you know, one-off? Or is it something they can do regularly, like once a month or once a week or before they do a tarot reading? What would your recommendation be? I think for that, for the big one, I think a, a third oil that I mentioned was crown of success because you want it to be successful. Um, now, um, so that's mm. three oils. Mm. Uh, um, I would say you, you wouldn't want to, I wouldn't burn a whole skull candle for yourself repeatedly. I would do that right. once and then I, I would, I would, um, I would, you could anoint yourself every day. You could anoint yourself whenever you read. You can anoint yourself at night, like you said. Uh, you choose. I believe in people choosing, but for me, the biggest thing is repetition and practice and really giving yourself the time to see what works for you, what comes out for you through, like you say, your journaling and your recording of what you saw and, and, and what comes out. So giving yourself that time and practice. Yeah. Mm. What about you, Madam Nadia? What would be a way of developing using, for example, psychic mm. vision? To d- develop uh, these abilities. 
Well, I am a, a necromancer. I work with the spirits of the dead, and the spirits of the dead usually guide my reading. So I really like working with skull candles and things like that, but I would use that more as an offering for the spirits that guide me. And instead of lighting it, unless I'm really feeling that I'm blocked and confused and fogged in my head, I would use that um, as a receptacle of energy or as an offering or an effigy for that spirit or or a a group of spirits that guide me. And in addition to um, psychic oil, I would use things like mustard root or mastery oil or even power Mm. oil to empower myself Mm -hmm. and make myself a better reader and create that connection between me and my spirits. And now if I am then using that um, skull candle as an effigy or representation for the spirit that I'm working with, I would mm-hmm. uh, occasionally leave offerings for it. For instance, maybe mm. bring some graveyard dirt, just general graveyard dirt, right? Not, we're not cursing mm-hmm. anyone. Um, some um, Kananga cologne water mm. because that's associated with the dead. Um, some um, 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 herbs or incenses um, mm-hmm. Again, that work with, with the spirit, with the powers of the dead, that in addition to star anise or anise in general, uh, to help mm-hmm. with the visions and things like that. And then I also like mm-hmm. if I have an altar that's going for divination, I would have that skull candle there. I would also, mm-hmm. when I'm sitting mm-hmm. with a client or I'm doing some work, leaving water there and then spilling that water out mm-hmm. after the reading or after the work, mm. um, to, to keep cleaning that space or bringing new mm-hmm. and fresh water into the space, I find that spirits of the dead drink a lot. And that's not just liquor. They like water. They like that that kind of refreshing element. <laughs> and it helps in the reading. They do. Yeah, they do. They do. And you know, when on those readings, when you put a glass of water and half of the glass is gone when you're done with the reading, you know that that, that ancestor, whoever came through, needed that water. And you can tell it to your client, too, like, you need to really work with your ancestors or whatnot. <laughs> but that's, that, yeah. that's how I, um, I approach that, that situation. Well, thank yeah. you to, to and both. And you can do both. You can fantastic. burn one and keep one for the table. Mm-hmm. Oh, certainly. Okay. And I think thank you for the thank you for both the suggestions. I think it was a fantastic, fantastic free spell. I I uh, I'd love it. I'm definitely going to be employing it myself. And like yourself, I think one strong working, but then something that you can keep regularly uh, going. The other only other thing I would recommend is cleansing. Right in between readings, mm, it's yeah. always good to kind of cleanse yourself. A bit yeah. of Florida water on your hands, a little bit of Florida water on your head. It's a good way of keeping the spiritual. A gunk out. Anyways, let's turn this mm-hmm. over to the wonderful Papa Newt so that he can uh, give us our outro and then we will all come back and say goodbye. Thank you, Countryman Ali, and thank you, Madam Nadia, for being our special co-host today, and thank you, Sister Girl of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Rootworkers will be Lady Muse of HouseOfSelfEmpowerment.com in Victorville, California, bringing us the topic on blessing and cursing from the same mouth. 
Once again, we come to an end of another Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo for, or Conjurman Ali, or sorry, Conjurman Ali at theconjurman.com at uh, uh, Mission Viejo, California, and Madam Nadia at madamnadia.com in Chicago, Illinois. I'm your announcer, Papa New, joining you from papanew.com in Omaha, Nebraska. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rubric Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, and the shows are available in our by luckymojo.com slash radioshow.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to say thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you'll hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Thank you, Papa Newt. And thank you all for uh, dealing with our, our minor tech problems. Uh, it was, uh, thank you for your patience. It was certainly a roller coaster, but we made it to the end. Thank you to uh, Sister Girl for joining us as the guest and for a wonderful, wonderful topic. It was such a great conversation and discussion. Uh, thank you to the wonderful Madam Nadia for filling in the shoes of Miss Cat. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. It was so great to have you all here. We will be back same time, same place next week with the wonderful Miss Cat and Troll Talhead taking over at the board. Uh, we're very excited for that. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Good night. Bye.